Super Clash. It is the Super Clash podcast. We are back for another week. It's been a really long week for me, as you can tell. I'm pretty tired. Uh, I'm Kale. Hey, guess what? I'm Connor. Yeah, and I gotta say, the reason why I did that is because we did introduce ourselves the last couple episodes. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure I did. I don't remember. So, <laughs> but yeah, and so it, as I was listening back when uh, things were done, I was wondering if people are coming in at like episode seven, they're gonna have no idea who we are. That's okay. I liked being an enigma, mm-hmm. being an enigma. Can you try that one again? Yeah. But, and also a couple couple mistakes I made last week too, uh, which we'll all get into before we actually start talking about the games, is last week I said I was going to touch base on Hitman. I never touched base on Hitman. <laughs> You're a liar. Or Hitman 3. I, I talked about the end of Hitman 2, but I never actually s- talked about Hitman 3 when I said I would. And I don't think I will until maybe you get get on it. That way we can have a uh, a discussion about it together. Oh, jeez. Don't wait for me, man. I don't know how long it's going to take me. I've been like... This is why you got to do it sooner or later, man. It's a great game. Go for it. Yeah. The problem is, uh, lately, I just haven't had a lot of time to play games. That's going to change here in a couple weeks, but... Oh, yeah? For right now... Yeah, I get. I had a week off here in February, so. Oh, sweet! I I actually have a vacation uh, on the fourteenth through the twenty second. We got a. That's my vacation week. Oh shit! It's about to get so real. Sex party. Maybe we do a bunch of no. Maybe we do a bunch of <laughs> co-op games. I'm hey, I'm down. Uh, like, I'm gonna discuss it with my fiance. Like, I'm gonna probably spend half my time there, but. I'm going to hammer out the details, and what we'll do is uh, probably spend like five days here, and so we'll figure it out. But that's awesome. So I don't know who started last time. Was it? I think it was me. I don't recall. But uh, what are the games you're going to be talking about, Connor? Uh, Today I'll be talking about uh, Battleborn. I mentioned it in a previous podcast that they were going to shut down the servers on that, and I wanted to try to beat it, and man... I did squeak by and I beat it. Oh man, with about a thirty minute, uh, thirty minutes to spare. Cool. <laughs> uh, for me, I I'm doing better now, but the last few weeks I was kind of in a bad mental state, uh, mental health, emotional health, and uh, it was actually really hard for me to play some games. But I did manage to find uh, games that seemed to help me uh, cope with with that uh, bad ment- mental health. And that would be uh, Doom-like games. So games similar to Doom, and which I'll get into uh, when, I, when I start talking about it. But that's been a really big help. So, Connor, uh, since you just got uh, squeaked, squeaked by with uh, Battleborn, what would you think of it now that you've beaten it? I think Battleborn got a bad rap. I think when it came out, there was just a lot of games like it on the market. And Overwatch. Yeah, there, I mean, there was there was Overwatch. There was, oh gosh, what was the other one that came out around that time? I don't know. I, I want to say Apex, but no, Apex is pretty recent. I don't remember. There there were several out around the same time. There's another trend yeah. of these hero shooters. Yeah, hero shooters were really big for a while. and mm. No, I was going to say Team Fortress, but no, Team Fortress. Team Fortress is really old. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it... It seemed like a perfectly fun and competent game. There was a little bit of a repetitive nature to it, and I'll kind of get into that. But 
it was a perfectly playable game. I still stick by my initial statement where I said it's like you combined um, Borderlands with Overwatch. It had a lot of that similar humor to Borderlands, kind of okay. that like corny, over-the-top humor. And you could tell that it kind of got some of its inspiration from, from Borderlands. Um, visually, the game looked perfectly fine. The characters were interesting enough and had different enough moves. I obviously didn't have time to play as all of them, but I tried right. with every mission to swap out and be a different kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all kind of played different. What I did notice is kind of like um, a MOBA, you start every level, even if you've played through and maxed out your character, your character starts back at basically level one, and you have to level them up as you play through the missions. Okay. Um, the missions, most of them are um, either tower defense or um, wave-based enemies coming at you, um, or you have to protect a, a payload and get it to a certain area. And all of that felt fine. And the enemies, the the big boss enemies felt pretty unique, I guess. Okay. Um, where I think it kind of fell down is it really, really is meant to be played with four people. Yeah. I know that, you know, it's hard to like, it's hard to get upset with it because I think it went out wanting to be a, a team-based shooter but because it didn't ever have the player base i don't know how matchmaking would have been for that game it probably i would say after the initial fall off of players on that game um a lot of people if they wanted to play it were going to be playing alone and playing alone can be challenging because you have to juggle multiple tasks at once sometimes right um i there was a lot of times where i felt especially like when you have to protect these little droids and get them over to drop off information at a giant like mech thing you had to like guard them from being killed and i was like man i'm like following these around and by the time i'm coming around these enemies have respawned over here it's like it would be great if we just had one person along each part of the path kind of just holding off the enemies to get these through so did you end up playing by yourself or yeah. I must have missed that. Okay. Yeah, I played the single player uh, by myself. Um, and I guarantee if I had checked, there probably wouldn't have been anybody playing online. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. They, so in, I want to say in maybe 2017, the game went free to play. And in, I, I think I remember that. And last year, February of last year, they took the game off of um, PSN and I think maybe also... Uh, all the other platforms, and they made it so you could not buy any of the microtransactions anymore. Mm. So they basically removed it, so any new players would not have a chance unless they purchased a physical copy, which I got a physical copy. And, uh, yeah, I I ended up finishing the game at 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, So just barely. Yeah, if, if it was based off Central Standard Time. If it was based off, like, Pacific, obviously it would be a little bit different. Um, but I was still pretty close to the to the, the cutoff point. Um, so, yeah, I I think if we could have rewound back to uh, 2017 or whenever it went free to play, I would have enjoyed playing that with maybe you or some other friends. Right. You know, trying to go through this game. I wish I had thought to play it back then. 
but now it was so down to the wire. I didn't want to like tell anybody, hey, buy this game to play with me, you know, for a day until we beat it, right? Mm-hmm. I-, I would feel bad even at a few bucks for the game. Um, but the real sad part about this is, uh, Battleborn, the the one of the creators of Battleborn was on Twitter basically saying, you know, that's three years of my life that's just going to be gone now. He's like, it would have been so easy to patch, you know, an offline mode for the game, but they just didn't want to do it. And that does kind of hurt, because could you imagine creating something that took you three years to create, right? and then in a poof, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And and that's what really hurts, because there was a lot of like good stuff to this game. The the animations for this game were very reminiscent of. Um, uh, I felt they they were very similar to like Samurai Jack, when the, okay the, the, they there was like animations in it where the characters were like two D and they were doing these big action scenes and like, hmm. uh, and I thought those looked great. I thought the characters were fairly interesting for a a, a shooter like this. Um, so yeah, it kind of sucks that it just didn't get the attention. At launch, and even when it went free to play, I don't think it got any attention. It just it, it it released in a saturated market, and I think that was the problem. There there was nothing wrong that I saw with the game, other than it just being just another uh, hero, hero shooter. shooter. Yeah, and I I was wondering too as you were talking about it if like maybe because p- I think people at the time were also they're still kind of sour about the outcome of Aliens Colonial Marines which probably didn't help Gearbox in the first place. And two, I think I think people were wanting uh, Borderlands 3 or whatever, and they said it got this multiplayer shooter, which seemed that they didn't want. Yeah. And, of course, o- Overwatch got completely overshadowed uh, Battleborn within just a matter of weeks. Oh, yeah, definitely. And... I've never played either of them. I'm not a uh, competitive multiplayer person, so I would say I'm one of those people where I'm just waiting for the day for Battle Royale to die. Yeah, I I would say compared to Overwatch, I like the characters and the combat a little bit better in Overwatch. But I think where Overwatch kind of fails is they have these interesting characters, but there's really no story mode in the game. And I think if they end up creating an Overwatch 2, it should have a story that kind of fleshes out the characters a little. That would be cool to Mm me. Um, I played Overwatch right in the beginning, and then I fell off it, like a lot of people do with those kind of games. I I was just like, eh, I'm not a competitive shooter kind of person. It was fun when I had some friends playing it, but it's just not for me. I don't want to play with a bunch of randoms online. Yeah. You know? So... What about you, man? What have you been playing? Well, like I mentioned before, I've been playing a lot of Doom, Doom-like games because of my mental state. And to elaborate on that, w- what kind of drew me to uh, Doom-like games is because story doesn't really matter in these type of games. The only thing that matters is is going in, shooting a lot of monsters with lots of guns. It doesn't really take a lot of thought. And for me, that was uh, perfect to kind of help me kind of get through this this kind of mini chapter in the last few weeks. So some of the games that I played was uh, Project Warlock. Uh, I played more Proteus. I 
played a little bit of uh, Doom Eternal again, and I played kind of a roguelike game uh, called Immortal Redneck. And so, which I'll touch base on all those as I we continue these episodes. Um, what I'm going to first talk about is a game called the game uh, Project Warlock. This is a uh, pixelated FPS that's reminiscent to like. Uh, your Wolf, your early Wolfenstein's and your Dooms and everything. It's, it's played from a first-person perspective, and uh, kind of the draw of this game is that there's no checkpoints in this game. So if you play through a level and you die, it's back to the beginning of that level. Uh, so you got to be very fast and very aggressive and be smart. Uh, another thing that's interesting about this is the reason why it's called Project Warlock is because your character you play is. A warlock. So, aside from the big arsenal of guns, you have an arsenal of magic abilities as well. And so you have like a mana bar and everything, and you find mana pickups in order to use it. I didn't end up using that very much. Uh, I used one magical ability, and that's basically what turns your grenade into like basically a missile. And so, instead of an arc, uh, it just shoots straight forward. And that was the only one I actually used all the time okay uh one thing that was really kind of weird about this is going back to uh no checkpoints is you have a limited amount of lives but for some reason i can't i don't know where you can find how many lives you have and if you lose all your lives it's back to the very beginning of that stage and so how the game is organized is you have four stages all uh, in different parts of time. So the first level is, is medieval, second one's Egypt, third one's Antarctica, and the last one is like this industrial city. And so the flow of the game is you have a stage, you do like two or three stages, you go back to your workshop, and that's where you go to level up, because uh, that's RPG elements, and you go back out and do the second stage. And so if you die, it's back to that beginning. And if you die enough it's back to the very beginning of that stage so as i mentioned it has uh, rpg elements uh so you can choose to like upgrade your uh strength which is which helps your melee your health capacity your mana to form more magic abilities and uh, you can also there's upgrade paths for your weapons and there's two options for each weapon uh one will lock out the other and so and some of these uh Upgrades are actually really cool. So your double barrel shotgun can either shoot red hot rivets that can cut that can uh, catch enemies on fire, or you can change it to a quadruple barrel shotgun. Nice. <laughs> and that will that will kill almost everything in one shot, but it uses twice the amount of ammo. Hmm. And that's one thing that's kind of cool. As you upgrade your weapons, the visual of your weapon will change too. And so they they put a lot of thought into that. Uh, you can also get this thing called uh, perk points, which I don't under quite understood how you got uh, perk points. Uh, I would go to the to the menu, and all of a sudden I would have a perk point that I can spend, and I had no idea how I got it. Because you gain experience by by picking up like gold and and everything that's scattered throughout the levels and secret areas, and it fills your XP bar. But every time I notice that my XP bar fills up and resets, I have a point I can spend on my mana, health, capacity, but not a perk point. So I don't quite understand how that works. Yeah. And I am pretty close to being in this game. I've put several hours in this game, and I still don't understand how that works. Nice. Uh, yeah. 
the nice thing is, is that this is a game that you can basically pick up, play a couple levels, and put down when you're done. Most of these levels or stages are about three to seven minutes long if you know what you're doing. It's not too bad. No. And it plays just like the original Doom. You go in to arena, you pick up colored keys to open doors, you shoot enemies. Uh, all the enemies are drawn wonderfully. Uh, this, they put a lot of time into this. Something I actually learned, the guy that made this was uh, 19 years old. Wow. I know, and here I am in my 30s, and what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and this guy is probably making bank, Yeah, making this game. Well, especially because the, the physical copy for this game just released. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of curious how that works, if how much kickback he gets, because he deserves every bit of this. I think uh, with limited producers like Super Rare Games, they try to give the, the, the game developer as much money as they would get like publishing it digitally. Good. So even the downside is the, the price of the game is higher than it would be on the eShop, but that also means that they get the same kind of cut or maybe even a little better sometimes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, this game was, pro I think, the time, $15. I played this on the Switch, Yeah. Uh, but you can get this on PC. Yeah. Some of the other issues I had, and, the, and these are just kind of small things, is that uh, there's these elevators in this level, uh, that once they go up, they don't go back down or or vice versa, and you can man you can have a tendency to get stuck if you like uh back out of the elevator as the elevator goes up, and there's no way to get the elevator down. The only thing you can do is res is reset the level. Very kind of a small detail that can be really frustrating. Uh, another thing is, and then like I said, this is uh uh just a nitpick thing. Playing first-person shooters is really, really awkward on the Switch. Switch Lite. Switch Lite, yes. I, I need to specify I have a Switch Lite. Um, I have played it on a, on a uh, Pro Controller, and it's a little bit better. Uh, and that goes that goes the same for um, uh, Immortal Redneck. But it's, it's d difficult. I got to the point where I had to uh, lock the Y-axis and play just literally like a retro first-person shooter back in the day. Really? Yeah. There was a... Uh... I just saw it today. There's this thing that's, I think it's on Kickstarter, where it is a attachment for your Pro Controller, where you can attach your Switch to your Pro Controller and play it like that. That would be dope. So that seems like something that I, might I would totally be into you. that. Yeah. Um, another thing is, is uh, and this is the last couple of details before I'll wrap up uh, Project Warlock, because I will say this game is worth your time. Guns are loud. They're secrets everywhere um it did get kind of boring near the end um the industrial level is kind of where it kind of starts falling off because you just start fighting grunt enemies that shoot you whereas the, the first four stages were actual creatures mm -hmm. and that's where i thought it was fun some of these creatures did have my pet peeve double health bars oh boy uh which doesn't really make a lot of sense because there'll be these Lovecraftian eldritch monsters in the Antarctica level and you would shoot them. Oh, regular monster. You would shoot them. Another health part would pop up and go injured oh. monster. Uh, insert name monster here. And that kind of aggravated me. Even though I had the quadruple barrel shotgun, it would take two shots to kill them. What, what kind of confused me is why not just make their health bar larger and still have the animation of them injured anyway just like at the halfway point that's where that's where it changes to me it just seemed kind of a waste to have two health bars 
Yeah. So, because Doom Eternal does something like that to where as enemies become more injured, they start, ex- like, showing wounds and, like, their skeleton starts exposing. But they have this, this uh, they don't have a double health bar. They just have the right amount of health to accommodate for that. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing that kind of bothered me. If you had the quad, if you had the quad barrel shotgun, it's really not that big a deal. Um, but overall, I would say it's definitely worth the fourteen bucks. So yeah. that's Project Warlock. And, and my copy's in the mail right now. Nice, it's you got on the way. It's it's great, well worth your time. I'm excited. Hopefully, it arrives. I'm hoping next week. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully. All right, Connor. Well, what's your next game? Um. Well, I haven't actually. Uh, I've been playing much else. I played a little bit of Ghostbusters Remastered, but I kind of want to save that until I finish to talk about it. Um, but one subject I do kind of want to talk about is the uh, recently announced Mass Effect Remaster. Yes. Uh, so. Oh yes. It's it's. I've heard that it's not just a remaster, but it's not a remake either. That's that's how far it goes. So it's more than just a you know, upscale to 4K. They're they're making significant changes, especially to the uh, first entry. Yeah. Which is good, because yeah. if you try to go back and play through the series, you'll definitely play through the first one and be like, yeah, these controls have kind of not aged great. No. And... Story's still great, though. There, there's two nitpicks I want to hit on, first off, that they've announced about this game. The first of which... Uh, they're apparently not going to be including one of the DLCs in it, which is called, I, I want to say it's called The Crucible. I want to say. And it I is... I think that was, was that the F- Mass Effect 1 DLC? I don't remember. Because it, it's not a story-based piece. It's, I think, like a wave shooter or something like oh, that, Oh, you know what? I wonder if that was Mass Effect 3's multiplayer expansion? It might have been. I don't know. It, it did not ring any bells in my head. But okay. so the the reason they're excluding it is not because of a technical reason, it's not because um they just didn't want to. Apparently they tried really really hard, but the source code for it is just gone. They would have to completely really? remake it. Yeah. The, huh. the and the only backup they had of it, they reached out to the the studio who who created that DLC and they had a backup file but it was also corrupted. Oh no. So that's why that's not in there. A lot of people seemed really upset about that. I'm not upset about that. Like, if it was a piece of story content, I'd be a little bit upset, but it's not. And it's probably something that, if I didn't remember it from Mass Effect, I probably didn't engage in it. Right. Um, because when I played through Mass Effect, I went for the 100% completionist route for mm-hmm. all three games. Like, I. I went for the best possible ending in every game. Same here. Um, after I did my initial playthrough, I, I always played through first as a renegade, and I was just a total asshole. Uh, but that's that's just how I like to play those games first off. But just like real life, exactly. total asshole. Yep, that's me. Um, but the other piece I am a little bit upset about. They are actually going to be removing and changing any of the romance scenes. As they stated, the, quote, explicit sex scenes, which, as you stated on Twitter, I can't remember, or, or I guess someone stated on Twitter, uh, commented, like, they can't remember anything necessarily explicit. The most explicit thing I can think of 
was you would see like a naked ass yeah. or I do remember seeing uh the time Miranda's bra. Yeah. But that's really about it. I mean You you never see a bare breast, you don't see genitals, you never see any of that, and it's usually just on screen kissing and touching, like 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 groping kind of sort of thing, right? And it's not even like groping like your chest that you can see. It's like Oh, they have Embracing. their hands around their bre- backs or whatever, and yeah. they're making out, and then it like pans away, right? It is what I would consider to be lewd at most, right? It's not even like nudity; it's like lewd at most. There's far worse games that you can get now, when in in that terms, the like Last of Us, Last two. of Us Two, Cyberpunk, uh, Cy- good Cyberpunk. I was I was the Order eighteen eighty six. Yeah, there's yeah. there there's full on swinging dicks in the order eighteen. Some of the God of War games, I know that there's some explicit nudity in those. Yeah. There's, uh, and so it feels really really weird to me that they're like, yeah, that's what we need to remove and change, and it kind of bothers me. It's not that I like like it's not that that's the key piece of the game that should keep you playing it. And I know a lot of people who maybe don't care as much are going to be like, well, why do you care so much? You know, why are you just? But it's you're changing original content for nothing, for nothing. Why are you it's, changing it? It 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 feels like EA being uh, EA like they're so scared of the backlash of of their games that they're scared to take a risk. Yeah, the, the twelve very the angry children, people are know? going to be online. You know, loudly saying they have a problem with it. Meanwhile, the million other people who are playing the game won't have a single problem with it. But you know, let's mind care you, about the twelve people who are angry. Mind you, like this game is going to be rated M. People under the age of seventeen shouldn't be playing it to begin with. Yep. And so, but you still get those twelve angry Karens that buy the game for their for little Jimmy, and then realize that oh no, there's a girl with. Wearing bra, this is bad. This the game's fault. The game shouldn't have this. I'm gonna go whine about it on Facebook and Twitter. It kind of reminds me of a joke uh, in Family Guy with the episode with the FCC. Have you seen that? No, I don't think so. Uh, it was an awards show where a uh, celebrity's uh, had a trouser malfunction and his penis was exposed, <laughs> and uh, the FCC was like, "Just so you know, we got." 10 calls about about the exposed penis which means 10 million people complained <laughs> yeah and so i i can kind of see ea kind of doing the same thing like so they're they don't want to risk it yeah i kind of the more i'm thinking about it you know i feel like the romance options in mass effect are kind of a key piece of the game because they're yeah mass effect was one of the few games like it where you could romance somebody and the other one that i can think of immediately in my head is dragon age which is made by the same company bioware and ea exactly could you do that in uh oblivion could you romance i don't think you could it's been a long time since i played oblivion i don't know i don't know if i ever beat that game oh what about no i'm thinking bioware also made knights of the old republic but i don't think you could romance in knights of the old republic no i think knights was only rated was it rated like T, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. You know what? You're probably right. It's but also Star Wars. I mean, can you imagine at, at the time, like, sex in Star Wars? Yeah. I don't know if that'll ever happen, especially with the, you know, Disney owning them now. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't... That's what... I don't know. It just bothers me. It it really bothers me because you're changing original content. Right. It, it's... You can no longer 
purchased this game with the intent of, all right, I have the complete Mass Effect experience. Right. Now you have the watered-down but remastered Mass Effect experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I am excited for the new look, though, of uh, Mass Effect 1. I am one of those few people that believe that, not mechanically, but story-wise and conceptually, I feel the first Mass Effect is better than the second Mass Effect. Um, that I, I am one of those few people in the boat and I will defend that because uh, I felt the story was stronger. I felt the uh, Saren was a much better bad guy than the Collectors uh, and uh, uh, Cerberus's voiced by Martin Sheen. Um, oh my gosh. The, the Elusive Man. Ding, ding, ding. Boom. <laughs> yeah. So, I, was, I was letting you figure it out there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, he's voiced by Martin Sheen. Who is that? But I still feel the Reapers, the overarching threat is still really good. I just felt like the threat of the Reapers was better represented in the first game and their influence on Saren. Because you can clearly tell if you played the game right and your Paragon level was high enough that Saren was still a good uh, person or Turian. He was just corrupted and being influenced by the Reapers. Yeah. Uh, and the game's over 10 years old. Spoilers. If if you pass the Paragon check at the end, uh, Saren will say, thank you, Shepard, and off himself to save, to save the um, universe, in which then the Reapers come and possesses him, and you have a boss. You still have a boss fight. Yeah. Oh. Um, I felt uh, the writing was a little bit better uh, in the in the first in the first one. And I felt like, even though the Mako controls were terrible... Oh, gosh, they were. <laughs> um, I I felt like the universe felt larger to yeah. me in the first game. Uh, you, there was a lot more plans you could land on, and they expanded on that a little bit better in the third one. That's why, I like, th- like in, in terms of order of my favorite games, it goes Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect 2. There you go. Um, you've actually led it up to what I was going to say is I still think Mass Effect 3 is the best one, and that's very controversial. People were pissed about Mass Effect 3. It was really good up... I'm, I'm going to beat a dead horse here. It was really good up until the end. Uh, I, I And also, one thing that kind of that's kind of got me confused about the third one, even though I still love the game, is that they did this in the first game, too, where you could pick the origin of your shepherd, where... Your shepherd was either a spacer, uh, grew up with like a colonist, or grew up with military parents, and there were side missions um, based on that origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that lady that was unstable in the citadel that was in the same colony that was attacked by by uh, raiders, a- as you and you would help her get through it. Shepherd is haunted by um, a child dying on earth by the reapers that he tried to save and this is a pretty big point in, in the third game like you have dream sequences in this my sh- my shepherd was a colonist my or and a, and a soldier and he's all yeah he's also a soldier he sees people die all the time yeah um i i personally feel like this one child that he has consistent nightmares i felt like it didn't really reflect him too much it like I, I think it probably would have been better if it was like someone that he actually knew and established. Maybe not necessarily a companion, but a, a well enough character to where uh, he could have these reoccurring nightmares. Unless, you know, 
unless you want to view the the child as his um you know as his breaking point all of his all of his tragedies up until that point you know kind of culminated to this and so he's just you know this is the event that kind of catalyzed everything and that's why he's attached to it so much that would make sense Um, but and and of course we'll, we'll go to space reapers and then all of a sudden space magic Space it's like, magic. It's like, oh, this this is a this is a, this is a cliched cycle that happens every fifty thousand years. It's like, come on. Yeah, they so they went back in and they ended up changing the ending with some DLC content, which I think was maybe the right thing to do. I think it was right. free DLC. I think so. Now, what I have to say positively about Mass Effect Three is also a positive of all the other games, and by that I mean Mass Effect Three has the benefit of the first two games making you care about all the characters. So by yes. by number three, the reason number three feels so good is because you have these connections with all of these characters Absolutely. from throughout the series. And you you give a shit about what happens to them. And a lot of the little side missions you did from one to two are, are referenced. You know, like when you help the Rachni Queen at one point, if you choose to do so and spare her, you know, that comes up later. And I think the right. controls feel the best in three, but that's because the first one was eh, the second one was better, and then the third one just kind of was the, the best iteration control-wise. Visually, it looked the best. And content-wise, I feel like it had the most amount of content for you to do. Right. Um, What I'm kind of worried about now is, though, after I've kind of been sitting here thinking about it, you know, Mass Effect was one of my, and probably still is, one of my favorite game series of all time, do I want to replay it? And that's that's a hard question to answer because I've played through the first three. The first one I probably played through two or three times. The second one, probably around four times. And the third one, probably around as many, I think. Um, I've played through so much of that game. I've seen every possible outcome. I've got I even played through and got the ideal path. You know, you save as many people as you possibly can. You do all these side missions. Right. You spare so many people. You have the largest crew. Your ship is maximized. I've done that. I've played the best you can play those games. And now if I went back to it, would I enjoy it the same way? That's kind of what I'm wondering. Uh, for me, I would, like I said, be most excited to play, again, the first game with the updated mechanics, because just, just so I can experience it again. Um, the second one, I don't know. Uh, third one, definitely, because... The second one introduced some of the better characters. I don't, I don't think character-wise, I gave as much of a shit about the characters in the first one. I'm going to be honest, and there weren't as many characters but the second one introduced a ton of really good characters yeah and so i don't know but but i i also kind of want to elaborate on like why mass effect 2 is my least favorite i i just didn't find the collectors to be all that cool or anything um i i it's it's really kind of hard to articulate right now what made me not like mass effect 2 as much and that they fixed in mass effect 3 like better writing and everything, to me they they really streamlined Mass Effect Two. Uh, 
for better and for worse, you can kind of start seeing EA kind of sink their claws into Bioware a little bit. To where Bioware was always kind of, uh, before EA's acquisition, like, their game mechanics were always pretty, like, pretty deep. Yeah. Um, then EA comes in, they kind of streamlined the gunplay, you didn't get as many guns or armor sets and everything. Um, it played basically like a, like a third-person shoot, shooter, a cover shooter. Uh, they made it more accessible, I They think. did, and that's kind of EA's uh, MO is accessibility. Yeah. And, and you can clearly tell that as EA uh, had Bioware, that Bioware is slowly falling out of relevance. You know what I'm, I really hope they include with this one? But I don't know if they will because of licensing. I don't know how it will work. But remember, there was like crossover uh, armor sets and weapons with like Dead Space and Dragon Age and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Oh yeah, remember those? Yeah, they really. I I swear, I hope they put that in there. That that was. I don't know. I don't know. It was a fun little nod. Wearing like a N seven suit with a drag a red dragon on it, right? Like, or a. Suit I don't know that about looks- Dead Space because you know EA being EA, they shut down Visceral Games because Dead Space three didn't quote meet their expectations. And so that's EA's thing. It's like, oh, you didn't sell 3 million cop, or not, th- no, sorry, EA has higher standards than that. You didn't sell 20 million copies? Well, guess what? You're getting shut down. Yeah. There's, Fuck EA. There's a long conversation to be had about all the problems at EA, and honestly, I thought Dead Space 3 was a good game, but whatever. People we, can we, we have our it. best memory with Dead Space 3. Yeah, <laughs> yes, our Fornarnia moment. Fornarnia. <laughs> Um, man, I wish we had recorded that years ago. Oh, uh, we 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 kind of we could have gotten sponsorship money for that. <laughs> we, I don't think we've actually told the story yet on air. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, uh, do you think we should? <laughs> so I don't know if it plays as well, but you know, I don't know. But basically, Connor and I we we were playing Dead Space Three, and there's a point in the game to where there's this crazy guy that's c- like controlling this facility. And he has fans under the floorboards that he'll kick on. Like these big vents, yeah. And they, they're they very strong, and they will force you into the ceiling, and you get gibbed uh, when it... <laughs> yeah, you just go splat, man. You're like, gone. Yep. <laughs> and so he and I were playing. The guy the guy go, goes on, on his uh, spill, they're, they're a f- and uh, the vents are going up. I pause... And I full-on sprint right into the vent and yell, Fornarnia! <laughs> and then immediately dies. And yes. I was just sitting there like, oh my god, that was his Leroy Jenkins moment. <laughs> yep. I, was just, I was just dying laughing. We were laughing for like five minutes straight. I, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> uh, uh, we could have been famous if, if yeah. we would have recorded that. Uh, yeah. Hindsight, though. 2020. <laughs> Uh, is is there any other game you wanted to talk about, uh, Connor? Uh, not that I can think of. Okay. Uh, well, what I'll do then is I will turn the brightness up on my phone so I can read my notes, <laughs> and uh, I'll t- I'm going to talk about Immortal Redneck. Oh no. So, <laughs> so this is a game that I also played on Switch and later found out that it was in my, or I guess our Steam library, and so I spent twenty five bucks, and when I didn't have to. But it is what it is. Uh, so basically, it's it's a roguelike shooter. So each uh, room that you go into is randomized, and uh, you would you would get drops and everything. The concept of this game 
is you play as a redneck from Kansas uh, that's on vacation on in Egypt. He's basically oh, what's that sport? Uh, I, I guess duning, where you're in a dune buggy and you just like start just cruise cruise down the, s- the sand dunes. Sure, yeah. Duning. I I'm calling it duning. Well, you get in an accident and uh, and you're in critical conditions and you become you basically taken and you become mummified. Okay. And uh, you're tasked with clearing uh, three pyramids. And so there's like different levels of, of uh, these pyramids. And if you get to the top and defeat the boss, you beat that pyramid. And so. And this is a doom like. It's it has doom like uh, qualities, mm-hmm. but it's closer to roguelike. And I later found that out after I bought it. Is it FPS or? Yes, it's okay. first person shooter. All all these doom like games I play are first person shooters. Okay. Gotcha. So, so just like just like a doom, uh, it's. It's fast-paced. The guns are loud. They have impact. Uh, with the uh, shotgun, you can uh, ragdoll some enemies when when they die. Nice. And so that and that's why I like I like having my guns, especially my shotgun, have stopping power. That's how you can tell a shotgun's good is they if they're loud, and they have they actually have impact. Oh yeah. Uh, I did play quite a bit of this game. Um, I don't know if this is uh common with roguelikes. Have you played any roguelikes like Hades or Biting of Isaac or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you die, do you lose everything in those games or and keep your experience or? Yeah, you usually lose all your stuff and and typically, especially with like Binding of Isaac, you end up like starting over, uh, from scratch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I wanted to see if that was common with roguelikes because, um. Because that's basically what would happen in this is if you would die, you would have to start all the way down at the bottom of the pyramid and work your way back up. But you keep your gold, which is your XP. So as you kill enemies, enemies will ha- will, will uh, drop ammo, um, gold, uh, health, other weapons and everything. Uh, and so, as I said, when you die, you lose everything, but you keep your gold, and that's what you use to level up at the literal skill tree, the tree that basically grows as you gain skills. Okay. Um, another kind of cool thing about this is that you can have classes. Like, you have, like, just your regular old redneck um, that starts with a shotgun, a revolver, and dynamite. And his uh, special ability is that you would press... I still don't quite know the face buttons on the Switch, but it'd basically be Circle on PlayStation. Um, and you would f- have a higher rate of fire for a short amount of time. Um, it'd be B, right? I think so. Yeah, it would be B. Uh, but you can also have the blessings of Egyptian gods as classes. And so you can get one that, that's like that Egyptian cross. that uh, that The onk. Yeah. And that's infinite ammo, but they don't do that much ammo or that much damage. And like this phoenix ability that that shoots like little mini phoenixes out and um, dual pistols. And that one is invincibility for a short amount of time. And the other one I got was, I can't remember what their weapons were, but her special ability was it turns all your drops, like your gold, your ammo, into health. And which... Which is really kind of funny. Your health packs are uh, pieces of meat in this, like your steaks and your mini ones are chicken legs. That seems so, like something a redneck would exactly. eat. Exactly. 
Um, the game is fun playing, but overall, I felt uh, the more frustration with this game personally than like Project Warlock because I almost feel like this game uh, was try to empower you but disempower you at the same time. I felt like health drops weren't enough. Like there weren't enough health health drops. There were times where I got no health drops at all. Dang. Um and I would just get by by the skin of my teeth. Um and there are other times where I would not get much gold. So when I would die, I can't level up and when you enter the pyramid, you have to sacrifice all your gold in order to go in. Uh-huh. And so Generally, it's a good idea if you have enough gold to go level up and then sacrifice the, the rest of what you have to go into the pyramid. And so for a while, I was stuck in this cycle to where I just felt genuinely underpowered um, until I finally, finally started getting uh, good drops. Um, just like with scrolls, which another that's another thing. Uh, there's these random drops called scrolls that either help or hinder you. Okay. Uh, for a while, uh, I got some good scrolls for a little bit. Like, I had a double jump. Um, every time I got hit, I would have, like, five seconds of invincibility. And then I started getting shitty ones to where I couldn't manually reload. Yeah, that, um, that's kind of like how Binding of Isaac is. You can get pickups that are, like, you know, oh, this gives you this. Oh, but this actually slows you down or, you know, things like and that. And I got to the point, the furthest thing I've ever gotten is I got to the first boss. Not the, not the very top, but somewhere in the middle. And the there was no other enemies that that could uh, come out. I had no ammo at all, and I couldn't carry any other guns. And so I basically had to let the boss kill me in order to to progress. Jeez. And so, um, I still play it though. I it, it is kind of kind of fun to be in your hands, but overall, I felt like this was just a little bit more frustrating than fun and again maybe some of it was because i was playing it on the switch yeah uh i would assume maybe it's a little bit better on pc since shooters generally work better on pcs for some people yeah um i'm still kind of salty i spent 25 dollars and not check my steam library but you're welcome yeah i i guess your steam library you're the one sharing it with me yeah i think i think that's the only platform i have it on is steam yeah, I haven't and played so, it though. <laughs> it's 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 not bad. Like if you if you like roguelikes, uh, this might be up your alley. But overall, like it it helped, but it didn't quite grab me as well as Project Warlock or Doom Eternal, Dusk, Proteus, these other Doom like games that that I uh play. Out of curiosity, what have you been playing Doom Eternal on? Uh, PS4. Gotcha. I guess my PS5, but. My it's already installed on my PS4, so I just played on my PS4 to kind of save time. Gotcha. I was just I, curious. I I really because my PC I got to upgrade my PC at some point. I wanted to play Doom Eternal like on the highest settings. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe tax return. It really depends. Good luck. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember now because it's almost impossible to get graphics cards now. Ding ding ding. Yeah, my graphics card that I paid. I want to say I paid four hundred and fifty dollars. It's going used um, online for like twelve hundred bucks now. Fucking scalpers. Yeah, and th- so much so that I've heard 
they're going to be restocking the 10 series cards because they can't get 20 and 30 series cards out which will probably still benefit me because i have a nine because i have two 970s yeah well depending on what 10 series card because the 970 is still probably better than like Let's say like a 1060 or gotcha. something like that. I, I just got to get a bigger motherboard and so actually put both of those in and have uh, 8 gigabytes. I think 970 is 4 gigs, isn't it? Or is it 2? 970X? I don't remember. I wanna s- I'm going to be conservative here. I'm going to say there it's 2 gigs, so a 4, four gigs of, of uh, graphics memory, which is still pretty high. Yeah, I was running uh, two 970s and SLI up until I switched to the 2070. So, I mean, I used them for several generations through. So Yeah, and I also want to uh, maybe get a motherboard with uh, maybe an i7 or something. Yeah. So, uh, well, cause that, you, might be, you might be in a good place to get a motherboard and CPUs because the 11th gen um, CPUs just came out, I want to say, oh, good. for Intel. Yeah. So you might be in a good place to get a 10th gen or so. Because I, I have 8 gigabytes of RAM. I can upgrade to 16 if I wanted to. It's really won't be that big a deal. It's just the only thing... Uh, my i5, I feel like, is bottlenecking my performance just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, s- and so that seems like an easy fix. I'm also going to get a bigger hard drive. I only have a 500 gigabyte SSD. Maybe I can upgrade to a 1 terabyte. And I'll be pretty much be good. Yeah, I would say if you're... Storage wise, I think you're good on the SSD. I would just get like a, a like a two terabyte uh, regular 7200 RPM hard drive and yeah. just use that for bulk storage. But like for your OS and like the games you're currently playing, I'd pop them on that SSD and that should mm-hmm. be plenty of room for that. Yeah, because my my load times are still pretty quick. At least especially with older games, like Fallout New Vegas boots up almost immediately. Um, Proteus is is a little is a little bit slower. Dusk is almost immediate. Uh, Shadow Warrior Two is probably still like maybe fifteen seconds to load, uh, which I'll talk about Shadow Warrior a little bit down the line. That was kind of another Doom like game that I played, that but I ha- only played like twenty five minutes of it. So yeah, I, and it's super cheesy. I think it's meant to be cheesy though. Yeah, but it's made by a small team, so. All right, and I think that will just about do it for this episode of the Super Clash Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.